Greetings, traveler. I know it may be tempting not to heed warnings telling you to turn back now, but this one you might want to pay attention to if you're sensitive towards sexual content or foul language in a podcast. We will be swearing during this episode, and we will be talking about some not-so-PG-13 things. So this is your one and only chance to turn back now. Please enjoy the show. Whoa. <laughs> Recording in, po- in, in podgress. <laughs> I knew you were going to make that joke. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our lair, Levi. What? I thought we agreed we weren't doing the voices anymore because it wasn't working. I thought we... I practiced for so long. I know, and I told you not to waste your time because it wasn't working. What? I thought I could choice mine. The, what is the this? villain voice? In- <laughs> the, villain, the villain voice? Yes. Why are we doing a villain voice? No, it's just us two, not you. Yeah, oh, you like good guy characters. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So I'm just not part of the like bad guy people club. Is that what this is? Yes. I mean, you you didn't help with the plan for climate change. So because that's what. That was- that was us. We did climate change. We changed climate, whoever that is. Well, I'm glad to hear that you could. people can change, but I mean, I, I don't know what that has to do with this current situation at all in any, in any that we're supposed to be recording tonight. I, that yes. might be my fault. I sent the wrong Zoom link to the wrong chat. This was just supposed to be me and choose it. We're practicing what? villain voices for our upcoming episode. <laughs> oh, Upco- no, I thought that this was for the actual soup. Never mind. Yes, this is for the villain episode. What? The villain episode that's tonight. Oh, I guess. Unless a supervillain has already sabotaged our recording session. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I said I, I, I'm the, I'm the good guy. I'm the good. I, I didn't let it happen. I'm the good guy. Duh. <laughs> Wait, what's the opposite of the HUD? The HUD. You went with the backward spelling, not backward meaning. <laughs> That's what my brain thought of the fastest. Okay. This is, this is why we can't be super villains. I, I think he's done a better job of being a villain with that line than we have so far. <laughs> HUD? Uh, HUD. <laughs> Roll it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nat One Podcast, a.k.a. Nope, because nope, you're not going to want to hear what we're about to have to say. I'm producing. I'm Levi. And I'm Jordan. <laughs> and this is when we reveal we have a special dubstep recording of our opening for this one. No, we don't. <laughs> get Taryn right on that I'm not he's not because he wouldn't he hates dubstep <laughs> oh I don't care too much for it but anyway no, not many villains do they prefer orchestral pieces I think yeah I mean as you can see in the new uh, Batman movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange spoiler alert and- these and, aren't new by the time this is coming out. No, well, and, no. and Star Wars. Because, I mean, one of the most famous villain themes in the entire world is the Imperial March. Yeah. 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 We're talking about no. villains today. Whoa. Woo. 
We're going to talk about um, our favorites. I'm hijacking this podcast. We're talking about good guys today. That's no! next week. Heroes. Maybe. No. Okay. You've convinced me. If anybody's going <laughs> to hijack the podcast, it's going to be Taryn trying to talk about Flat Stanley. We don't. We don't allow that phrase Please! in this podcast. He wants to Jordan? so bad. No. This is a safe space. This is not say that word here. <laughs> those words here. It is all. It is. This is a safe space for everyone except for Mister Stan. Oh, <laughs> well, they're the same person, really. Well, don't tell them that. All right, man. This Anyways, is getting, this is like April Fool's level energy so far. Yeah, we're but- <laughs> wired today. Anyway, so here talk about villains. Yeah. Villains are cool. I think more than before, villains are getting their their due credit. People are talking more about how important a villain is to a story than they used to. Before it was just like, oh, villain, I don't care about that. Just tell me the good guy. But now it seems like the bad guy is usually more of interest than the good guy in most media. Yeah. I'm ahead of the yeah. curve. I've always liked villains better. <laughs> me too. There's always been, for me, I've always had an appreciation for villains. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes they're just, they're just not, they're not that guy. They're not that guy. That's true. Um, But other times they are, they are that guy or girl. Well, I think we need to talk about the difference between a villain that you can root for, because there are different kinds of villains and I will stick to this point because that's why I can't choose a favorite villain. There are some villains that you agree with and you can see the reasoning behind and where they've got their leap in logic. And then some villains that you so badly want to watch them lose. And that's part of why they're a good villain. Mm. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I don't know where we should start. Um, I guess we'll start. We'll put all our cards on the table up front just for our lovely, lovely listeners. We'll go ahead and start with our favorite villains. You guys got them? You ready? I told you I don't have one. <laughs> I have what I can off the top of my head think is the closest thing I have to a favorite. Okay, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you think off the top of your head is your favorite. So this one's an interesting one. Because, first of all, I think there are a lot of people on the internet who would be like, he's not a villain. He's not. I agree with him. Mm. But he's he's, he's, he's the villain. He's the villain now. Mm. Eren Yeager! From Attack on Titan. Who is the protagonist. He's the protagonist of the entire show. And he was like good boy. He was good little boy for the first three, three seasons. Yeah. Arguably good, good little boy. And in season four, he wants to commit mass genocide, kill the entire planet, do it. Lovely. He wants to. And as someone who has not read the manga, he's gotten pretty darn close to doing it so far. Uh, (laughs) So, but I think the massive buildup over the course of three seasons of him transforming from this very naive protagonist who wants to do the right thing and fight these creatures, the Titans that he perceives only as evil and everything that's wrong with the world. And then he starts learning about like the deeper secrets of, of society and why the world is the way it is and how he fits into all of it. And he basically just ends up deciding, well, this is the only option to prevent all of the all of the stuff that happened to get us to this point from happening again. This is this is the option that I have to take. And I have the ability 
to at least try and take it. So I'm going to try to do it, which is mass genocide. Um, not even genocide, because genocide is targeted specifically at one group of people. It's more like, uh, I don't know Reverse. what you would call it. It's yeah, it's like a global side. He wants to kill literally everyone except for a very small part of the planet. Yeah. So, yeah. And that that I'm a sucker for that. I'm a sucker for good guy who basically slowly gets corrupted into a mindset. And that's the thing too is necessarily he's not even Oh God, I don't, I don't know how much I can say here. Wait a second. I was going to say he's not necessarily even wrong, but it's subjective. You know, it's subjective because anyone, even if you agree with me and say he is the villain, anyone who looks at Aaron Yeager can say, I understand how he has the mindset he has now from everything he's gone through. I can understand how he got there. Um, and I'm a sucker for that kind of story where it's like, yeah, I became the bad guy because it was the most logical conclusion for me. Um, I like that. Yeah. He's a very interesting character. I would say that he has not changed at all. I'd say we agree on everything, Levi, except uh, he hasn't changed, which I think is his big selling point. Hmm. You have so many protagonists in so many shows, not just anime, but you do see it mostly in anime. Where they're like, I'm fighting bad guy group X. I'm fighting demons. I'm fighting the people from the other nation. I'm fighting whomever. And then over the course of however many episodes it would be, or however many minutes or whatever, if it's a show, they go like, oh, they have a reason for being the bad guy. Well, now I'm not going to fight them anymore. And we're going to all be friends together. And and we're all going to just be good friend pals. And then Aaron Yeager is the only one that was like, I'm going to fight the bad guy. And then the show was like, look, they're not that bad. Look, look, they're not really that bad. They did some bad, but they're not all bad. And he was like, I'm still going to fight the bad guy. That is true. That's <laughs> that, fair. I'll give he you just that. never changed. He will, as he is quoted for saying, he keeps moving forward until all of his enemies are destroyed. Exactly. That's which is something you don't Aaron see. Quote. You don't see that a lot in most shows, which I thought was interesting that there was like one character, they were like, we're going to just not, he's not going to be the softy hero that has a change of heart and wants to do the moral good thing. He's stuck on what he was at season one. And I think that's very interesting. <laughs> maybe now that you've said that, I think maybe what I should say is instead of him changing, it's like he's given all these opportunities and ways to change. But in despite of that, he still comes to the conclusion of I've been right this entire time. Yeah. Uh, and so it goes from being the good guy with no information because he's fighting the bad guy to now I'm the bad guy, even though I haven't changed my stance because I know all of the information. Yeah, yeah, much. yeah. Which, you know, Taclotite will get you in hot water because people yes. can see some parallels between that and mm -hmm. real life. There's mm -hmm. people in real life that have also done similar ideas and ideologies, unfortunately. Yeah, I wonder who that could be. Jordan? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know you haven't no, watched Attack on Titan. We're just I moving on here, Jordan. We're yes, not yes. We're not, I actually was. I was. <laughs> I'm so confused. Uh, no, I have not watched um, Attack on Titan, so I have very little say on the subject. Yeah. Very good. Um, <laughs> you sh you should, it's no, on my list. It's on my I'm list. Not, I'm not pushing Attack on Titan on people. <laughs> uh, as a means of relation, though, Jordan, can you think of a character that 
was has received information contradictory to the moral thing and then chose to stick with their original <laughs> reason thus um, becoming a villain i will say this part i don't know if you would call him a villain but i think he's the villain of um, avengers endgame star lord <laughs> oh i i think no that's i Thanos is a bad guy, but I see Star-Lord as the villain of Avengers Endgame because he's the entire reason that they failed. It's his fault. It, it, the, the entire end of that saga is his fault. <laughs> that is true. But in that situation, I don't think it was necessarily information was revealed to him. It was he let his emotions get in the way. He, he knew everything before and after mm. everything happened. It was more so, well, he knew everything he was going to know before and after. It happened. Nothing new was revealed to him that caused him to fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more so he let his emotions take over because I don't, I don't know, dumb, dumb doo doo head, <laughs> Star Lord head. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I also think you see a lot of like hard headedness in villains when you're dealing with a lot of historical dramas and historical films when you're doing like a person versus a fascist government or a fascist organization or just anything of that sort where they're obviously the bad guys and they know that it's not right. And I mean, this isn't directly applicable because I know that Aaron is one of the protagonists of Attack on Titan. I do know that much. But um, like in Ready Player One, the bad guy, I can't, I can't remember his name. Um, the, the guy that runs IOI in yeah. Ready Player One is just like, yeah, no, I know that this isn't the best thing for the Oasis, but fuck y'all. <laughs> yeah, money. <laughs> money, yeah. Um, I'd say a good comparison that I can think of for Aaron, although it doesn't, it's not as quite, uh, it might be. Uh, honestly, both Thanos and Walter White are kind of like that. In the, yeah. They're, they, are, they believe in their story, they are doing the right thing to do good things for people, mm-hmm. both of yep. them. And that's something that all well, maybe not Aaron as much, actually, now that I think about it, but both Walter White and Thanos constantly, well, not constantly, but when it can be mentioned, they're like, I'm doing what I think is right. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, yeah, actually, uh, now that I think about it, doesn't say that too often. Aaron doesn't try to justify himself, really, but mm-hmm. he just internally is like, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> yeah. You can add Wanda to that list now, too. Yeah. True. That's and if true. you watched uh, Moon Knight, She's not I a think... monster. <laughs> doesn't seem fair. Um <laughs> Arthur Harrow from Moon Knight would also probably yeah. be an example of a character that's like, I'm doing what's right. Yeah. Is I what they think. Moon okay, no spoilers. I haven't it's... finished Moon Knight. I've watched most of it. Now you can I've spoil been. it because I don't think I'm gonna it's one don't of those shows that, that everyone's like it's one of those shows that everyone's like, it's pretty good, you should watch it. And I just don't think I'll ever manage to get mm-hmm. around to watching it. So I don't care if you say anything. <laughs> um... Well, for context sake, for the viewers, uh, this isn't really spoiling because it's revealed by like episode one or two. I think I think one, uh, Arthur Harrow being the villain of the series, his whole objection or like his his belief on life is he serves the god Amet, mm-hmm. the Egyptian deity, and her whole thing is judge people before they die, before they live their full life. So, just judge someone as soon as they're born if they are going to be a good person great they get to keep living if eventually in their life they may make bad decisions kill them immediately yeah and Ahmet has the power to see that that they will be bad people (laughs) it's like the the living embodiment of the would you kill baby hitler dilemma yes that's exactly (laughs) what it is yeah um oh my god i like that that's cool it is maybe i should watch moon knight no you should (laughs) 
So that's why I thought Arthur Hera was cool. I think as a society, we've kind of been like, no, have freedom of choice. People can make good decisions sometimes, maybe, uh, perhaps, sometimes, maybe. <laughs> but there could still be bad decisions. So it's, uh, it's hard to say who truly is morally correct. And I'm kind of learning that in my classes. It's hard to say what is correct because there's not really a correct for a lot of things. That's why ethics makes my head hurt. I don't yeah. like not having a definitive answer. <laughs> it makes me mad. <laughs> That's why I love these villains is because you're like, yeah, I'm on their side. And then they're like, I'm slowly becoming an evil person. And you're like, I don't know what I am anymore. <laughs> like, except with Aaron, where like 70% of the fan base was like, yeah, I'm on your side. Yeah. <laughs> after. Yeah, after he became the villain, everyone's still pretty much like, yeah, I'm on your side, Aaron. Do it. Uh, well, yeah. So that's your favorite villain, huh, Levi? Yes. As as much as I can think of right now, Aaron Yeager is probably my favorite villain. Okay. Jordan, you got an idea yet? I do. I have. So this is kind of like the, the poster child for my favorite type of villain. Okay. I'm going to say Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Oh. Because I love an intelligent villain. I also just True. love Alan Rickman in that role. And I love Die Hard. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Um, but I, I really love the villain that has a plan and the villain that is thinking six steps ahead of the hero and just, just hyper-intelligent villains are my favorite. So Hans Gruber is like the gold star for that. You've also got like Hannibal Lecter in that category, even though he's not mm -hmm. the villain of the movie, he is a villain. And mm -hmm. so you, you kind of got that, that going on. Magneto is another one that's like a hyper-intelligent, very calculated yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sociopaths. I like sociopaths <laughs> as villains. I will. You could also probably fit like the Joker and the Riddler into that category as well. Because even though the Joker's crazy, like, dude has a plan. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm the Joker, baby. No. True. <laughs> I, I would agree. Um, uh, I had an idea in my head of another one, but anyone that can play, it, it kind of goes to that meme that's been circling around for a little bit where it's like anime character hero. I have the power of friendship villain who has spent 20 years accumulating forces and wealth. <laughs> Why are you winning? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought of, I thought of a new villain uh, who I think is not, doesn't beat Aaron, but is up there with okay. him. Well, uh, first talking more about intelligent villains. I wish I knew more about comics than I do. Cause I like, I am, there's a bunch of genius villains. Yeah. That's a big comics. thing. That's why I need to read more comics because I yes. know like Lex Luthor is mm -hmm. hyper intelligent. Doctor Doom is also hyper intelligent. Yeah. There are a lot of like when you look up lists of like most intelligent villains of all time, they're almost all from comic books. Yeah, I think. But you Modoc. can you can find some stuff. Modok is yeah. Uh, there's a in the video game Injustice Two. There's a whole the whole plot is based on this one super smart villain from DC. I think his name is Brainiac. That's what they call him anyway. Mm -hmm. It seems really silly, but then I watch him and he's like destroying the whole world and he has like a foolproof plan and no one can stop him. And I'm like, bro, like <laughs> the villain that he's planned brainiac, for everything. Brainiac. <laughs> Honestly, I, could see, I, I think that could be said for a lot of Batman villains. Cause I mean, if you think about it, the Riddler's really intelligent. Basically any of the villains that make their own tech are substantially smart. Everyone in like the Batman circle is like Batman, extremely hyper intelligent hero with very Greatest little detective. powers. 
You have yeah. Joker, extremely hyper intelligent, insane man with no powers. <laughs> Yeah. uh riddler and still like they're all really it's just smart people going yeah. at it like <laughs> uh i can't remember bane isn't right he's just he's buffed not. up he's he's yeah. more of a well but he works for at least in the movies he works for raz al ghul who is also yeah. remarkably intelligent well um there was another one i was thinking of the uh the mafia the families of gotham as well mm-hmm. i'd say mm-hmm. they're a different kind of hyper intelligent where they're like what are you gonna do beat up a man and get you know on national tv mm-hmm. they put him into situations where he's like he can't exercise his justice they're the without kind of intelligence yeah, yeah. street which i also love i i just i just love a plan that's why i love heist movies and mm. you could kind of qualify any main character in a heist movie as technically the villain because they're technically the villain but that's i love the um now you see me movies now you see me one and yeah. two the magician heist i love those because the the reveals at the end um of like how everything comes together and how all of the heists come together and how everything works i just i love because i think it's a testament to good writing like it's if you can write an intelligent villain with a well thought out plan that works logically with the story it's a sign of good writing mm-hmm the more intelligent your villain, the better at writing you are. There you go. That's <laughs> maybe, maybe. There's some examples where <laughs> that doesn't work, which I think we should talk about right now. Yeah, yeah. The ones that are supposed to be smart but don't do anything smart other than build stuff. Yeah, you kind they of don't... fall into a pitfall with that. A lot of Bond villains. Yeah, they build, but then they don't plan like mm-hmm. at all. I think the Iron Man villains largely are like yeah. that. Doctor Evil. <laughs> what he's a genius he is a <laughs> genius but I, he keeps getting foiled <laughs> that's because of scott uh <laughs> there's also oh i'm forgetting, scott! <laughs> i'm forgetting one because i can't remember his name because i also hate the movie the the main guy from inglorious bastards because that that is one of the most i don't like that movie just entertainment wise but the that is one of the most tense scenes i have ever seen on screen is in that movie one when the girl is under the floorboards in, uh, the, yeah. in the beginning of the movie and then the apple strudel scene that's mm-hmm. later Hans Landa? yes yeah yeah main antagonist in the 2009 quentin tarantino film i also oh wow think... he was actually portrayed by an austrian guy too i didn't know mm-hmm. that uh, uh another example of this although it's it's strange because it was kind of intentional but it, i don't i don't know I think we got we got to talk about Megamind. We got to talk about Megamind. Uh, we do. I I unironically love Megamind. <laughs> so oh yeah, I, I think a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. <laughs> I love, love that movie it's so a good much. Movie. <laughs> it was a very good movie. It was one of the few kids movies that was like, look, villain does not mean bad guy. You are a bad guy. That does not. It was like the first that started. That <laughs> you trend. are not bad guy. Let's be honest. Wreck It Ralph I be the uh, picked guy. it up afterwards. <laughs> yeah. But that's another one where he was a very smart. He was, I mean, his Megamind was his name. He, <laughs> that's his character. And he built stuff, but he didn't plan well, like at all. Well, I also think that this is, since we're a D&D podcast relating this back to D&D, I think that villains like these are where we see the intersection of high wisdom and high intelligence characters and also high intelligence, low wisdom characters. Yeah. Because you can be remarkably intelligent, but in the Megamind case, being less adept at the everything else kind of bit him in the foot yeah but yeah bit him in the shot, foot no That's a new bit him in the, no bit him in the ass <laughs> shot himself in the foot those two combined and i made a shot new himself idiot. in the what no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you knew what i was trying to say i just combined two of <laughs> shut up 
<laughs> I shoot her with <laughs> my gun. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, definitely. And there's also, we can talk about high intelligence, high charisma villains. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his name that uh, Pedro Pascal played in Wonder Woman 84? Oh, uh, no, I didn't watch that one. Your life can be good, or your life is good, but it can be better. Yeah. Um, he was literally a famous salesman. <laughs> and it kind of worked. He was trying, he made people, he had the whole device where it was like, oh, if you make Maxwell a wish. Lord? Yes. He made himself into a wish stone, which meant that every time someone wished, he got power mm-hmm. or something. Um, and so then he literally broadcast himself on everywhere to be like, everyone make wishes. And people were like, free wishes. Heck yeah. And they started doing it. So he was going to, he was like getting into like godhood territory until mm-hmm. he got stopped. But I love those kinds of characters. I think another great way of looking at it or another portrayal of it is the heroes in The Boys, mm-hmm. which I don't believe either of you have watched. I haven't. It's, I'm no, going to watch it this summer. It. I'm going to watch it this summer they they deconstruct the hero superhero genre in its entirety and they kind of mesh it with uh acting the acting business so whoever's Mm -hmm. at the top of acting all the stuff they've had to do to get there and also all of the abuses that they inflict on others like in the newer in the industry to them Mm -hmm. and it's like oh these people are like horrible horrible people but they save lives but oftentimes they also choose to let lives die Mm -hmm. So that's like, I don't know if they're the charismatic ones or not, but they they have PR teams to go out, but they're also smart enough to plan. And it's like, bro, like, (laughs) I think those are like the kind of villains you're talking about, Jordan, where you just hate them so much. Yeah. (laughs) They are not good. You don't want them to win. (laughs) I love Irredeemable. That's that's the thing. I'm a very big villain fan overall. Like that is usually Mm. what I look for because usually villains are the best written. And um, something that we talk about a lot in my film classes is that like the most the, the most common trip for villains is the hyper-intelligent calm. And villains are always very, when they're of this like hyper-intelligent nature, villains are always very polite, which is unnerving, which I love. Mm-hmm. And because that's the thing, um, Hannibal Lecter is a really, really good example of that because Hannibal Lecter is so, so creepy. And every scene that he's in is disturbing, but he never does anything that's necessarily outwardly horrifying. It's mostly just because of the reputation. But whenever Mm -hmm. he's speaking to Clary, same thing with Hans Gruber, is Hans Gruber is remarkably polite and is not the one that does a lot of the violence firsthand. Mm -hmm. He's very personable when he's talking to the hostages he's very like he's very courteous when he's talking to um bruce willis's wife in that movie yeah. and um so that that's that's the thing that i think is very interesting about these kind of villains is like how you get a lot of the charisma because a lot of the very smart villains are very like well there's no way that he could be no no he's so no and then he blew up the world (laughs) yeah they know they're smart enough to know how to present to not seem like villains that's i think there's there's another good example of that in um firefly there's a crime lord niska who um comes through in two different episodes one where he hires the crew of the um ship to do a job and they end up double crossing him and he's he's perfectly amicable and uh, and things like that whenever he first hires them 
And then a couple episodes down the line, uh, he kidnaps two people and cuts off somebody's ear. Mm-hmm. But the entire time, he's he's unnervingly calm about the whole thing and like irrationally polite while he's torturing them. And it's mm-hmm. that's what makes it more scary yeah. is he's talking about, um, I can't remember what book he's referencing, but he's referencing a novel during that entire episode where he's like, someone said that the best way to know a man is how he performs when he's in pain. So today, Mr. Reynolds, we are going to see who you truly are. And then he lops off his ear and sends it back to the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that reminds me of a meme I saw on D&D memes just a couple, I want to say it was last week or maybe not even. That was like, eh, the gist of it was that politeness is negatively correlated with how scared you should be. Mm-hmm. So, or maybe that'd be positively correlated, but like the first meme was like, uh, whenever the villain says, Oi, get him, calmness level, completely calm. And the very bottom one was like, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad to see your acquaintance. And it was like freaking out. And I was like, Yep, yeah. That's, I, I, even though Ren is not supposed to be a villain, I definitely intend on playing that up for Vivia 3. It's mm-hmm. like the, the quieter they are and the, the, the nicer they are to you, you should be running the other direction. Yes. <laughs> Because it's also the idea that if they're calm, then it seems like they have the entire situation under control, under yeah. their control. It plays into that feeling. Like Gus Fring. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say it, but I didn't want to interrupt Jordan. That's exactly <laughs> Gus Fring in Breaking Bad. He's um, always calm. Always calm, except for like maybe one scene. <laughs> but yeah, and that's why he's so intimidating. And also just because the actor... John Carlo Esposito is is a really scary person, which is really funny. If you've ever watched any of the bloopers, he seems really nice. He looks so nice. Yeah, he, he, I think he's exactly like, the funniest thing is he's just like his characters, except there's no malevolence. He's just a nice guy. He's just the actual nice person. (laughs) He just has a scary face. Yeah. (laughs) He is polite. He's like the, the red herring that DMs throw at you, where it's an incredibly polite person. That has no ulterior no- motive. He's They're just, just there. Nice. He has good manners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Levi, you, you said you had a, another high up one you wanted to mention? Yes, and I apologize to our viewers because it's another anime one. Um, <laughs> but it's not as well known as Attack on Titan because I feel like Attack on Titan, Attack on Titan's probably, maybe, maybe also close with JoJo. I don't know uh tied for like the well no no demon slayer why did i not even think of that but like i was gonna say tied for like the most well-known anime outside of anime people spheres outside of weeb spheres i'd say it's top five top ten probably it's up there people know about it kill a kill which is the one i'm going to talk about is probably i think well known within weeb spheres but maybe not well not as well known outside of weeb spheres but so kill the kill pulls a bait and switch in it where it's like hey first episode this is the bad guy here she is and then uh like 13 episodes later they go actually the bad guy here's their mom bad guy's <gasps> mom is the real bad guy no and the bad guy's mom is uh her name is ragyo kiryuin and i like her because um 
she scratches a particular itch where like we've been talking about oh here are all these which she is well written but we're like oh here are all these well-written villains but some of them like they have motives for being the villain necessarily maybe it's all like morally gray maybe they have good reasons that they're doing what they're doing she's just pure evil Mm -hmm. she is pure uh evil and only wants to do bad things and that's why I like her so much is because she is evil and she doesn't try to be like, I'm not bad guys. I'm not a bad, like she's just straight up completely 100%. I'm the bad guy. Duh. Um, <laughs> and I also just because her design is so literally uh, fantastic um, because her whole gimmick is that she constantly radiates a rainbow effect around Whoa. herself at all times, but it's not like a like fun, fun, happy friendship rainbow. It's like divine radiance type uh, evil rainbow. rainbow. <laughs> yeah, like evil rainbow. Um, and she has this yeah. iconic theme song called Blumenkrantz, which is, oh, oh. She's just, she, she is a girl boss. <laughs> is probably like you look in a 21st century like slang dictionary under girl boss her picture right her there, p- right next to girl boss um <laughs> but yeah no that, that that's what i wanted to like try to transition well not transition into because i don't think we can talk about it too much but just be like here's all we have all this appreciation for villains that are like well nuanced and all this blah 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 but also i think it's good every once in a while to have one who's just a bad person oh absolutely just a horrible person who actually just wants to do bad things and doesn't and isn't like no but i'm doing it for my family or i'm doing it because it's what i believe is right they're like no i want power (laughs) before we do that produce what is your favorite villain oh i'm glad you asked i was going to at this point i was going to save it towards the very very end for shock (laughs) value but i can talk about it here too oh we can save Uh, it (laughs) no 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 i told you guys before we joined this that you would, you are like, you've seen stuff that my favorite villain is in for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I tra- challenge you to guess it. I'm going to extend that challenge to our commenters. Go ahead and try and comment below right now. I almost guarantee all viewers, you have seen something that this villain is from and you could probably guess it. Oh my I'm going to give you five seconds. The hubris of man. It's <laughs> Bowser. I can't believe it. <laughs> Close. Tom, Tom from Tom and Jerry is my favorite villain of all time. That's that's reasonable. (laughs) Levi's in shambles. You can't see me. I just pogged so hard (laughs) at that. That was the greatest revelation I think I've ever experienced in my life. I think, I don't, there's just, well, Tom and Jerry, Tom was like the first introduction I had to a villain. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing was like, oh, he he's a cat and he's supposed to catch the mouse because the mouse is not wanted. Uh, you know, it's not supposed to be in the house. And I was like, oh, he's just doing his job. And Jerry's making it hard for him. And people are like, you know, Tom's the villain of that story. I'm like, no, he's just doing his job. He's just he's just trying to get the mouse out. I mean, he might try to eat him. That's the bad part. But he's <laughs> just get him out, you know. So Tom is my favorite villain because he's misunderstood. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a close second is probably Team Rocket because now they're, <laughs> they're bad people for sure because they're trying to capture Pokemon. 
uh, but also they're just funny and yeah. they pose a challenge. They're like Mega Mind Evil. <laughs> yes, I, I love them. Presentation. Love them. Yes. <laughs> um, those are my favorite villains, which also kind of goes to like just having simple villains can also be great. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about, Jordan. I think that any villains in general are the best written. Even if it is something morally gray or complex, or even if it's something simple, even in the simplicity, there is complexity, which sounds mm. oxymoronic. But if someone is a villain and they're just evil, you have to explain that. Why yeah. do they not wish to be morally good? Mm. You know, most people in general would be. And to explain that is of itself already a challenge. Because if a hero is morally good, you don't have to explain that. They're yeah. just trying to be a good they're person. Just good. <laughs> but if a villain's trying to be morally bad, you still kind of have to explain that. Like uh, Jinx from arcane mm-hmm. and league of legends her whole thing is that she's crazy like literally crazy therefore she seeks destruction and just evilness she's not out for money she's not out for power she just wants the world to burn and you know there's value in those characters just as well they're very interesting to uh, get around as well and that's why i like tom and the team rocket that's my favorites but yeah and I have to say, even if you have like just a simple villain that is senselessly evil, like you were saying, everybody has their own motivations that you have to explain. But I think I think the ones that like their motivation is just to be evil are also just delightful. Yes. I like like the um I was talking about this the other day. The the villain from Birds of Prey, Ewan McGregor as Roman Sionis, Black Mask. Mm so irredeemably awful that you cheer when he dies <laughs> i love that like i love the fact that you and mcgregor made me hate him because i mm-hmm. love you and mcgregor and i could not stand to look at his face during that entire movie yeah i love it so much <laughs> <laughs> i do find it interesting that in some movies you know how in film that well jordan of course you know and levi i think you've heard us talk about it but viewers maybe you've heard of this or haven't uh there is the like famous uh saving that what is it saving the cat scene or cat from the tree scene mm-hmm. uh where the good guy saves a cat and that's how you know he's a good guy yeah <laughs> yeah uh i've seen in some media now it's almost like the opposite of that of the killing the cat scene that's how you know they're the villain <laughs> yeah like they might have morals and you're like oh are they really a bad guy and then they do something blatantly evil like harm some innocent creature and like mm-hmm. okay they're the bad guy they go out of their <laughs> way to do something that's not necessary yeah yeah I hate that it works on me, but it always works on me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm well, like... It's a really good way of quickly establishing a character's morals and boundaries. Because, I mean, you can even have, if you're talking about the morally gray kind of villains, you can have some lines that people don't cross. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you You have, you still have villains, and they are still villains with hard and fast moral codes. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's, that's visually one of the best ways to expeditedly tell the audience, yeah, no, bad guy, bad, yeah. bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Now, we've talked about our favorite villains. This is not necessarily the same, but I also wanted to know, start with you, Levi, what is the villain that you hate the most? You hate them, whether oh, it's because they're poorly written or because they're amazingly written. <laughs> Which one do you hate the most? I have my answer locked in. Oh, God, uh, I need to figure out my they're answer. They're vile. <laughs> Give me I a second. I didn't think I'd have time to think about. I don't. I didn't have time to think about this. villain I hate the most and absolutely despise. There's one I know that you do hate, but I don't know if it's the one you hate the most. Either because they're badly written or just really well written and I hate them. Yeah. Ha. I don't know if I can think of a villain that I hate because they're poorly written, honestly. 
same. That's what I'm having trouble thinking of. Was immediately I was like, well, are there any that I think are bad that I don't like? Like they're just ineffective villains. Yeah. What's the one that you're mm. thinking of for me? Uh, what's her name from Tower of God? Rachel, I think's her name. Oh yeah, I do hate her. <laughs> I do. I don't know if she's I, the one you hate the most, but uh, hmm, let me think. See, because this, this again, I like when we do these things, I immediately forget all my experience with media <laughs> ever for some reason, and I can't recall. Like Tower of God's one of my favorite anime that I've ever watched, although it has slowly been bumped down the list with other things mm-hmm. that have come out over time. But it's still probably at least in the top ten. And yeah, she's just absolutely horrible. I hate her in every way because again, she's one of those ones that like she's just irredeemably bad and just a bad person. Um and was given multiple uh, like ways of redeeming herself for the mm-hmm. bad things that she did over the course of that show and chose actively not to and to continue doing uh, her best. She's bad because if we want to get into like the nitty gritty, uh, her bad trait that makes her bad is she's extremely selfish. Mm-hmm. She's an extremely selfish character. And so she wants a very specific goal for herself above everything else and she's even willing to admit that she cares about other things besides that goal but when it comes to choosing between anything else and that goal she will pick it even if it's like a person that she cares about which makes her ooh so much more hateable um so yeah <laughs> i she might be my most hated of all time i don't think there i don't think there are any other villains that make me go like oh yeah i hate them when they're mentioned um because most of the time i'm like oh yeah i love that villain. they're great yeah <laughs> more so it's i like villains rather than hate them true jordan you got an idea i i don't i'm looking at like lists of villains and i'm having trouble because i i watch so many movies mm-hmm. <laughs> it is so hard for me to pick like one that i hate and i can't i can't decide if it's one that i like love to hate or one that i genuinely just don't like because i Mm -hmm. think i'm also in the camp of like i've never seen a villain that i was just like oh god like i hate this outside of the context of the movie this is a bad character yeah i don't know um i mean one that i'm one that i'm not a huge fan but i go back and forth like agent smith from the matrix i kind of go back and forth because mm-hmm. I also I also have issues with the whole AI thing because it kind of borders on the hyper-intelligent villain. But with the AI, you have the question of the extent of intelligence and sentience of AI. And yeah. so it kind of becomes less of a question of, ooh, big bad AI, and more of a like, okay, is this feasible with technology or are we putting too many limitations on the potential of technology based on the standpoint of where we're writing this from? Yeah. So with a lot of like AI villains like Hal and things like that, I have I have trouble looking at it and being like, all right, this makes sense because I'm always thinking in the back of my mind, and this might just be a me thing. I'm always thinking like, okay, are we putting too many superficial limitations on this because a, we have to for the story to work, or and B, because we cannot conceive of the potentials of artificial intelligence. I have a lot of thoughts about this one. Yeah, that, that tends to be my problem with sci-fi in general. That's for me. a lot of the stuff that I, that's a, that's the big problem that I have with like I like the original Matrix Matrix movie. I have not watched the sequels, and then I watched the newest one. Me too. It's just a lot of the stuff that I have problems with with AI as the villain 
is like how do we how do we program it, it gets into the the question of like how do we program morality and how does morality and reason factor into an ai character <laughs> mm-hmm. looks like you gotta get a programming degree no <laughs> <laughs> um i'd say if you ask me this isn't something that i hate but it, it kind of is something that i hate i don't like villains whose thing is like i'm in it for the money yeah they they are an example of what i would say is just an, a purely ineffective villain they're usually not entertaining they're usually also not so bad you hate them they're Although just I like raise you hans gruber <laughs> he uh i don't know he fell out of the tower no <laughs> <laughs> um but oftentimes when they're like i just do it for the money uh, i'm just like okay why didn't mm-hmm. you get a job no <laughs> they usually explain that much mm-hmm. but even still i'm just like this is boring uh especially if they're like yeah i'm a bad guy so i had to steal money in like the case of walter white he was like i need money for my family and this isn't a bad thing right i'm not doing a bad thing right and then by the end he was like i'm the bad guy hud <laughs> or whatever <laughs> oh that was the good guy one he can't oh say sorry <laughs> Duh. <laughs> uh i like that but if it's a villain that's like i have to be the antagonist for the story so i'm the bad guy like uh the guy from the lorax i forget his name the one slur? Yeah. No, the bad guy. The one slur. Oh, no, 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 no. Mr. O'Hare. Mr. O'Hare. Oh. Mr. O'Hare. Yes. I Where have not like, watched the movie of the Lorax. You have? Okay. No, because the one slur is the villain of the original story because he wrecked the Alicious environment because O'Hare. money. Yeah. Well, the the, the animated uh, Illumination <laughs> movie, Jordan, it's the same story, but now it's like it tells the story of that kid that shows up and talks to the one slur. The one slur is still the bad guy because the one slur committed deforestation of the entire like tree planet. I don't know. Also- but then there's a guy who does the same thing. Like he exploits <laughs> the problem that the one slur created and makes it even worse. The one slur also exploited the problem <laughs> that the one slur created. I don't know. But where he you- <laughs> regrets it, Jordan. He people can change. We're people you're forgetting. You're forgetting the part that he was a Tumblr sexy man. He so he's was, absolved of his crimes. No, I was going to say that makes him irredeemably evil and impossible <laughs> to come back from anything if he's a Tumblr sexy man. We don't choose <laughs> if we're sexy men or not. <laughs> Once you are nominated to be a Tumblr sexy man, there's no going back. There is evil forever. Permanent evil. Forever. evil. No. no redemption. Uh, no, I don't want to be a Tumblr sexy man. <laughs> 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 but... Uh, yeah, the characters that are like, yeah, I'm just a bad guy. You can tell because I want money. I'm like, bro. Vector from the Despicable Me movies. I'm like, you couldn't be a little more creative, like have them have an actual reason. I I don't know. But or if we're talking about money for a reason, not just hoarding money. This isn't Jeff yeah. Bezos we're talking about. Like These dragons. Uh, <laughs> man, real life needs to get some more creative villains. Well, yeah, yeah, we exactly. do. Kardashians, Bezos. <laughs> um, but the villains that I that I hate because they're well written. I think the best example of it, which my man's TJ is going to back me up on, is mine from Shield Hero. Oh, but okay. I honestly think there's one I hate more than her, and that's Mommy M A M I from Rent a Girlfriend. Okay, I mean, there's another character named Mommy, and I was like. 
villain because <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Madoka Magica. Oh yeah, and See, I was like, bad guy. <laughs> I wanted to get into this a bit uh, because this brings up an example of a villain that's not in a superhero story or in a moral story. This is a bad guy in a romance story that I want to talk about. Um, I don't believe either of you watched Rent a Girlfriend or at least not past like episode one for you, Levi. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it at all. Okay. I watched, I think, seven or eight episodes and then it got unbearable for me because the protagonist. But I was able to watch enough. Mommy is the main character's ex-girlfriend. She led him along, made him spend money on her, refused to like acknowledge him and then broke up with him. And then when he saw that he was about to start a new life and get his own girlfriend again, she actively got in his way and tried to stop him from finding happiness by planting cheating evidence on him mm-hmm. and spying on him and stuff like that to That's ruin gross. his life. Exactly. <laughs> because she was well-written because she kind of reflected reality, I think. Not yeah. all the time, but there you can probably imagine a few people maybe that may be like Oh, I that. certainly know a couple people who were like <laughs> that. I- <laughs> yeah. Uh, And that's why they're well-written. And and I think from a psychology perspective of thinking of these people, I think what we find to be irredeemable villains that are well-written are the ones that are like people that we don't like in real life, right? Mm -hmm. It's the people that are seen as just selfish, bad people for no reason other than to ruin other people's lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, anytime I see these kinds of people, I think of someone that passed me on the highway. They're just evil villains in my mind. Evil, completely irredeemable Tumblr sexy man. Yes. When I think of like Thanos or villains or or uh, uh, Arthur Harrow from Moon Knight, I'm like, oh, an interesting idea of someone that has come up with this idea. When I think of people like Mommy and mine, I'm like evil, horrible people that if I could, I would physically harm. Yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> kudos yeah. to the people that write villains like that yeah. and make them sustainable because oftentimes if you're doing like D and you have a villain like that players are going to try and kill him on site every mm-hmm. chance they can it's not like the real world we're in lawless lands right now fireball <laughs> well, I mean, maybe we should touch on that villains in D D real quick yeah because we've had our fair share of villains in D. I you guys can speak on that more than yeah, i can we can talk about um some of our resolved villains that have been yeah. resolved so as not to spoil anything if we want uh, first canonical D and D villains. I don't think we have much to really talk on there. No, Most are, uh, Vecna. I, we, well, no Vecna. I mean, we did uh, um, Tiamat. Tiamat. Tiamat's ne- next campaign, but we did uh, a Sirarak. Sirarak. Zariel. 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 Yeah. Kind of villain. Kind of villains. <laughs> the, the those are the most well known ones, pretty much. Um, two of them are liches, which is interesting. Yeah, but. Yeah, I'd say when it comes to all of D&D ever, first response you would probably get is either Strahd or uh, Tiamat if you're yeah. talking about D&D villains because Tiamat's the most recognizable one. It's Dungeons and Dragons. She's a yeah. giant dragon. dragon. I don't know. Strahd, I, think, I think Venger from the cartoon is the best one on D&D villains. And Whoa. Strahd is the one that everyone who's like played a little bit of D&D, you know about Strahd if you've mm-hmm. played a little bit because you see him everywhere and everyone's like, oh, Curse of Strahd is great. Play it. What if Venger was a Tumblr sexy man? Okay. I uh, would okay. <laughs> no, no, although the only thing canonically in the cartoon, the only thing that scares off Venger is Tiamat. 
What? So, yeah, it's Avenger. I don't know. Avenger, I don't know. He, is the, he is the main villain other than Tiamat. He and Tiamat are the main villains of the 80s Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. And uh, so Venger is like the biggest direct threat. So, so if you think he's uh, like the mini boss, so he's the antagonizing him, yeah. force for the party as a whole, but the overarching antagonizing like big threat is Tiamat. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I, yeah, I think that's the, the best example. Tiamat is like the representation of a unsurmountable odds kind of villain where mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. a oh, how could we beat this? Whereas Strahd is more like one of those hyper-intelligent villains because his whole thing is like, you know, oh, I got a plan, you to I'm going to get him. Yeah, he <laughs> takes you to dinner. He makes you his dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are, the, those are the ones. Those are, I mean, I actually, I don't think there's, maybe there is and I'm just unaware of it. Uh, I don't think there's like any modules where you actually run like there is with Strahd and like there is with Tiamat. I don't think there's anything where you go against Vecna personally. We know there is for Asirak because yeah. there's Tomb of Annihilation, Tomb. Yeah. which we have run in yeah. one of my campaigns. We ran Tomb of Annihilation. Uh, Cage match a, with Asirak. Not necessarily <laughs> abridged, partially abridged technically because the, instead of doing one of the floors, they just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like abridged <laughs> by their choice. They just walked past one of the floors and Oops. kept going. Um, honestly, at that point, if I remember correctly, you messed something up so you wouldn't have been able to do the invisible beholder boss fight with <laughs> you, would, you would not have been able to make the invisible beholder visible because you messed something up. And oh, that, no! was the floor, that was the floor <laughs> you skipped. So I was glad Wait, that you skipped it. What, what did I don't we fuck up that bad? I don't remember. <laughs> there was some item you needed which made the invisible beholder visible. Oh and, my god. Like you broke it or destroyed it or something. Did that get wrecked Karen. by the rust monster, maybe? That um, might have been the victim of one of the two rust monsters. But yeah, uh, so they fought against the Sirarak, and a Sirarak is one of those pure evil villains. If you've read anything about it, I don't know if either of you have read anything about him, but Asirak is literally just like, I just want to do bad things because I enjoy doing bad things. Like, he just likes killing people. He Mm -hmm. likes ruining people's lives. He literally, like, has this whole system devised where he keeps, like, slights from everyone ever he's interacted with so that he can do stuff to them like he like he'll 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 write down if someone's wronged him and wait like 30 years (laughs) so they won't think about it they won't be like oh my god a syrac's gonna get me no it's gonna be 30 years later and then he like gives them cancer or something saladin has a book to himself (laughs) Um, yeah saladin gets his own novel um and also oh, Asirak is like extremely super powerful because he's one of those beings in D lore that like travels across the multiverse so he has multiple different secret hideouts on like different uh universes that he can escape to mm-hmm. um and blah 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 which uh vecna is a little bit different because vecna is also a super powerful lich but he's not a Sirarak where he's a um, universe hopper he's a god mm-hmm he is a lich that became a god in, I believe, Kryn? Don't kill me. Um, which is the Dragonlance world. It's either that or it's Earth, which is the Greyhawk world, I think. I don't remember. Uh, Dylan? 
And yeah, the only time I've ever seen, there might be an old module that I don't know about, but the only time I've ever seen like D&D characters actually go up against Vecna was Vox Machina in Critical Role. Role. That was the first time I've ever seen someone physically go up against Vecna and Mm -hmm. not like his minions or people that follow him because- You just know of him because of the magic items. Yeah, (laughs) and he's the the god, he's the whispered one in Mm -hmm. all other things ever besides Critical Role, which he is now in Critical Role, but he was just a lich. Yeah. (laughs) A strong lich. He's also, by the time this comes out, he'll have been the main antagonist for Stranger Things season four. Oh, wow. True. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't know how the series is breaking down. Maybe he will not have been introduced by the time this comes out. But, oh, true, because they're releasing it in two parts. Yeah, but as far as the trailer showed, he's gonna be there. So. Or whatever they're calling Vecna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, well, I mean Vecna. No. <laughs> it's gonna be just evil monstrosity, and the kids are like, look, Vecna. Vecna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's really all we can really say about canon D&D villains. Oh, we can talk yeah. a little bit about homebrew stuff, though. True. We yeah. can talk about homebrew. Levi, you take the floor because you're you're the ones who got two wrapped up campaigns to oh, talk gosh. about. <laughs> okay, well, my first one, my first film was a blatant ripoff of <laughs> Warhammer 40k, Chaos God. Um, so that was not like original in any way. It was Slanesh. It was supposed to be, don't tell Games Workshop guys, they'll kill me. Uh, um... <laughs> But yeah, first villain in D&D campaign was Slanesh. And uh, yeah, I mean, they were just, they were just Slanesh. So like, well, actually that's probably even an overstatement. They, they, I wasn't going as hard as like Slanesh in actual 40K would go with certain things. Also, Oh, Mercury would have been screwed if you went with actual 40K stuff. um, Because... Yeah, I would. This Grab was like very. This was very early on when we were all like freshly playing D anD D together, so we weren't as comfortable as friends as we are now. <laughs> and so I would have felt very uncomfortable being like the writhing mass of tit flesh and gaping <laughs> maw that looks like a, I don't know, I like stuff like that. <laughs> Um, yeah. I would have felt a lot more uncomfortable saying those things back then because I would have been like, I barely know these people. <laughs> <laughs> now we have codependency and boundary issues, so it's not yes, a problem. <laughs> exactly. You yeah, don't have cool. to listen to me say it. <laughs> um, and then in my second campaign, we did. No. <laughs> I had a character who was closely tied to the to the slanesh uh, antagonist from the first campaign who threw a little i think uh i think some pretty uh cool finagling that i managed mm-hmm. to do with one of my player characters who was no longer playing with us i managed to do a whole thing with their what they did in the first campaign and it gave me that their their kid one of the player characters kids ended up becoming the antagonist for Which is pretty cool the second campaign and they were a little bit here's the thing is i i kind of feel bad sometimes uh because i feel like my players never got to actually experience what i wanted them to experience with eoc her name was eoc ioc and because like i had this whole thing going on with her where she was supposed to like be basically she was originally mortal and then got this horrible horrible mantle thrust on her of the position of chaos god after slanesh was defeated 
by the first group of player characters 20 years prior. That's me. Uh, and she escaped and for many years had to like deal with the whole whole slew of like oh god what do i do do i do i accept this do i try to fight it blah 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 blah. and then around the time the campaign's begun she's decided to accept it but you know she she's new still to it kind of so she still has all these thoughts in the back of her mind like what if i'm not doing what's right what because she was pretty much driven completely by vengeance she wanted to avenge Slanesh, who had adopted her after the player character who gave birth to her was entrapped by them in a limbo state for many years. 20 years? 20 well, not, years, yeah. roughly. It was, it was either 20 or like, it was somewhere, it was in the upper 20s. I it think was it a like lot. 28. <laughs> Um, so Slanesh adopted them and then the, then Slanesh got killed by the player characters. And so then she was like, okay, I want to destroy, uh, these people and everything they stand for in order Mm -hmm. to get vengeance, which slowly just devolved into, I want to destroy the world pretty much. Um, but everything that the party saw from her was pretty much I want to destroy the world and I'm just a bad person. And also fuck lavender. Uh yes. <laughs> um which that's the thing is the method I chose of trying to get that other side to be viewed didn't work out because the player who I was trying to use as a medium to get that through to them was not I don't actually know completely. They were either not following or they weren't just acting on it. So these things never got fully explained or revealed. And then it didn't pass on to the rest of the party either. So from their perspective, it was always just, yeah, I'm just a horrible person who murders tons of people all the time, blah, blah, blah. Which also to be fair, she was really bad. She was a bad person. She committed um, mass amounts of destruction and death on a regular basis. Uh, Her actions were not justified at all. It came from a horrible basis, but at the same time, I felt there was more to those things than just, well, I just want to do it. (laughs) It was from a completely unjustified deranged justification on her point of view Mm -hmm. that I don't think the players ever got to really see. Yeah, and then they beat her. Uh, well, actually, well, no, actually, yeah, no, you guys did beat her. That's right. We um, did. Yeah, that's what happened to to cause the worst thing. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's what I was getting to. Because they never learned about all this stuff going on in her head, where she was having all these second thoughts. Um, they didn't learn that she developed this this malady, which was pretty much like her god half, which was like her primordial essence. That was like we're supposed to be chaos. We're supposed to be chaotic and bad things happening and good things happening because we're chaos we're all of that at the same time there was that side of her which was what she constantly was having second thoughts about so her her other half was like separating them dividing them down the middle and when a final confrontation did happen between the party and her and the party ended up winning this basically her physical form being destroyed caused the final separation of these two and broke her down into a being which i dubbed entropy which i mean if Mm -hmm. anyone knows what the concept of entropy is you know why it's called that it's chaos primordial chaos Mm -hmm. Uh, and then entropy went on to cause even more problems 
for like the last three levels of the campaign. I think you were either 17 or 18, level 17 or 18 when you killed her. And then the last two levels were fighting Entropy instead, who mm -hmm. was even more so of a threat. Uh, but they ended up containing, well, not containing, more like dispersing Entropy as well in the end. Yeah. And, and almost was, all of us died. Yeah. Entropy, <laughs> was, because Entropy was a primordial entity, they were much more of a simple villain. They were, I want to fulfill my purpose for existence, which is to cause chaos. That mm -hmm. was their whole thing is I am, I am, it's the, no, what are you talking about? Please stop saying you want to kill people. I am literally chaos. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want for breakfast? The souls of the damned, a bagel. No, two bagels. <laughs> I don't want to cure cancer. I want I'm, to make dinosaurs or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so that's used villains. Um, I can't really talk too much on the ones that I've homebrewed because we haven't finished my campaign. <laughs> True. Are there uh, any we're completely done with that you could talk about right now? Probably not. I mean, well, we I can, can kind of talk about like the antagonism with Methus and Dionysus a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about Methus and Dionysus. Um, I think Nestor and... Nestor. Um shoot rat cestus i think both of them are simple they're, they're simple villains they're like i want to rule or i want to destroy the world uh methus and dionysus i think are more unique to talk about and then of course we should talk about the tagline for the whole thing is the group has been gathered to defeat chaos and i yeah. swear that it's not inspired by Levi's campaign, even though it came after. <laughs> well, we play, we started them like almost simultaneously. And yeah. then <laughs> um, but that was purely born out of Greek mythology because I was like, oh, I want a cosmic kind of threat. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, what's the cosmic entity? It's called what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this, and I kept trying to stress, I'm like, okay, it's not chaos as we know it as like, oh, craziness. It's it's called chaos, but it's basically space. It's not <laughs> chaos. It's like but this one's spelled with an X. Yeah, because it's Greek. <laughs> but yeah, and then there's also the fact that you guys still are unsure of who the true BBEG is. It's yeah. it's Trexo. Mm. I don't think so. Not after our last session. I'm not gonna lie. Although maybe no, I'm just maybe I'm just impressionable. I don't no, know. After uh, our last session, I think we can all agree that it's Arlo. It's Arlo. <laughs> it's Arlo. Secretly this whole time. <laughs> you guessed it. <laughs> um, that's something, well, before we go on, actually, that's, I wanted to mention that. That's something I've always wanted to try is like pick one of my players before a campaign starts and be like, do you actually want to be the bad guy? And we're, just not, gonna, so cool. and we're just not going to tell the rest of them. And we'll like just talk about stuff when, yeah. when a session's not Dude. happening. I, I consider doing it with Caiaphas, but at the same time, your whole thing was you wanted to be like amnesiac of your past and everything and not know about what happened before you woke up. Yeah. So I was like, eh, no. <laughs> it's so medley, you... isn't it? It's Terran. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, we'll talk all about Methus first. I think he's the most important to talk about and Dionysus, of course. Anyone that knows their Greek myth knows Dionysus is the god of partying, pretty much of wine and whatnot, oh. and drunkenness. Yeah. <laughs> and the god of madness. And madness, <laughs> for sure. Um, 
And honestly, without Jordan, he would not have played a major role at all. In hey, the thanks, game. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was Greek, and I was like, oh, I'm going to – this was before Theros came out we've talked about. <laughs> so I made the race. I was like, I'm going to make satyrs playable. And Jordan was like, oh, cool, I'm going to be a satyr. And so we talked about, like, culture and stuff, and Jordan came up with the whole character for Arlo, which was based in a Dionysus cult. Yep. And that caused me to have to create a cult and a cult leader and why a cult leader is a cult leader, you know, how they became to that position and, and what cult it was for. Well, Jordan decided that part with Dionysus and Jordan took the very interesting approach of being like an escapee that is, has been like, oh, this is bad and wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I've had the pleasure of creating people that are like, I'm still right <laughs> <laughs> despite this. Um, and I think Methus was kind of like a hyper intelligent villain, but I would say he was just like an intelligent villain. <laughs> like, he's still honestly, terrifying. <laughs> I will say, out of everyone, we out of all villains we have fought, mm-hmm. for me, he's the one that has actually genuinely like freaked me out the most. Same. And I don't know if that's just because I know the connection to Arlo, because there's a connection to Arlo. That might be yes. part of it, but no, he like genuinely scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear it. But the whole thing I did for him, because I do I do my character voices with him, is I made him speak and sing songy way. And I think that probably added to the creepy factor, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, yes. it, took away. It, it was even scarier when you started talking in my head. <laughs> yeah. But Sending yeah, like, message. <laughs> whenever he would show up, I would be like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I always You knew. would be like, oh, fuck <laughs> i always knew he was there to do something that would completely derail everything we had been working on mm-hmm. up to that point and we would mm-hmm. everything would change i knew he was he, an agent of chaos in our party's lives mm-hmm. and i knew whenever he showed up something horrible was going to happen that we were going to have to react to mm-hmm. quickly yep and then my favorite part about Mythos, i think was I'm not going to say an attempt at humanizing him, but providing backstory for him. Mm-hmm. I think that was my favorite part is because then you guys had to be like, oh, he's not just a crazy guy. That made him worse in Arlo's eyes. Yeah. Like that, that made him worse from the perspective of my character. <laughs> right. Oh, Making man. a character that when you get to see the characters spiral into madness, I think that makes them both more sympathizable and also more killable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like putting down a dog. No, 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 no. Oh my god! Uh, and then of course they're suffering. Also, yeah, uh, Dionysus, and I'm not gonna say he's intelligent. He hasn't been like an intelligent villain, but he's an antagonizing force because you guys are dampening his mood <laughs> and a couple different. We're steps. killing his vibe. We, yeah, See, that's what I was about to say. Like dang it, <laughs> he doesn't like us. I keep telling you. <laughs> uh, so he's he's like he's invited them to a party uh whenever they come to olympus and well we'll see what happens from that maybe he's just gonna try to correct our vibe (laughs) vibe check that's worse i do not want to get vibe checked by dionysus (laughs) (laughs) they're all bummers dude and then other than that yeah i had nestor had pygmalion i guess oh i loved pygmalion so much (laughs) (laughs) oh that was so interesting I thought he was another simple villain and that he was like, I'm just evil. But I thought he was fun because I got to give him like a backstory and everything and I got to set him up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But he was evil with a purpose. He was. He wasn't just evil for the sake of being evil. Yeah. Evil for art. 
<laughs> and perfection. It's like poetry. It perfections. Uh, yes. <laughs> but yes, uh, my my campaign has a lot more, a lot of very minor villains that are like kind of one-off almost, where it's like, ah, oh, I'm bad and I do evil things, can't you tell? And then the party's like, we'll stop you. And then they cave their skull in and, <laughs> and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> stop you. Or, yeah, it's not or, like, or the enemy gets flayed and gets pissed off when they get brought back. Yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> my fault. They don't like, arrest this heathen. We brought him to justice. They're, they're like, <laughs> what'd you do? <laughs> win in ancient greece (laughs) do as the ancient greeks do (laughs) we should clarify we talked about this a little bit the character episode with the exception of levi the rest of us in the party are not good people not at all hector's go-to people hector and arlo's go-to for everything is kill them Uh, arlo Arlo tries so hard (laughs) arlo tries but that's the thing is like hector too hector is like a even though he is a kill them character he's not like a murder hobo he's like a logical like the, yeah. the easiest way to it's solve this problem is to kill them. Get yeah. rid of it. Arlo doesn't know any better. <laughs> yes, whereas Arlo doesn't know any better. Iris just does whatever the group Our, does. I, Iris also worships chaos. Yeah, so <laughs> Not if, in the literal sense, just by being, she is chaos. If That's the thing is, Iris is Taryn, okay? For everyone who does <laughs> so, so considering what we've said about Taryn on this podcast before, <laughs> Taryn, pretty much whoever gets to him first, that's the person he, his vote is with. If Hector gets to him, is like, kill him. Then I was just like, yup, kill him. Kill him. Uh, Unless then, uh, Arlo gets to Iris first, or Jordan does, and then Jordan will make, make a suggestion, and Taryn says the exact opposite. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But no, that's the um, and thing. Then, and Arlo is always assured in her decision to say kill them because Hector usually says it first. And Arlo's like, <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. <laughs> and then we have uh, Kazuma, who isn't bad as in he murders people, but he goes around and just steals things. He's, He's just great. a thief. We're, <laughs> we're not good people. <laughs> and then there's Zamna over here like, I have one question for the gods. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so yeah, them's villains. Uh, any more thoughts on villains? I have to say we didn't touch on Nestor very much. I still fully believe that we could bring Nestor back to the good side. I'm He's sad that dead. my hug plan didn't work. He's gone. Okay, but it could have been like a Darth Vader situation where he was <laughs> redeemed and then became a force ghost. True. He they was did. already a ghost. Uh, but he could have become a, a good ghost. Uh, for those of you that know your Greek myth, Nestor is the name of someone from the Iliad. He was he had his father given to uh, the what is it Macedonian or Mycenaean forces? Probably Mycenaean for I the Iliad. Uh, he get, his daughter, I believe, was either taken or or stolen from him by them, and he was like, "Oh, please give her back." And they're like, "No." No. And then he was like, "Hey, Apollo, can you cast a plague on all of them?" And then like half of them died, and they were like, "You can have her back now." <laughs> <laughs> but then in my world, I had it to where he was a lonely magician or or mage. And he was like spurned for his ability and he kept trying to find a home, but he kept getting too zealous with his abilities. And then he was like, fine, I'll make my own home. And then he did. And then right when he finished it, he died. <laughs> I felt sorry for him. I like aggressively he was a tragic felt character. sorry for him. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was very tragic. 
he's the typical lonely villain like i just wanted friends but also he had homicidal tendencies so yeah. would have probably taken more than just a hug to fix that oh <gasps> Lester was a yandere he's the exact- <laughs> well i mean the way that the way that the dungeon played out from at least from my perspective he's kind of like the like he and arlo are kind of the same two sides of the same coin where mm-hmm. like arlo saw and endured all of the abuse that she's been through and it's that's like, why you want to save him so bad yes that's exactly <laughs> why i wanted to save him because so bad if he can't be saved arlo can't be saved now you get oh, it bro. that was the entire thing <laughs> i never got that until yes. now because you never said until now that let's because arlo's not smart enough it. to come up with that <laughs> i never I, thought about comparing arlo yeah wow well because because when he was talking about how like he was how he was abused and so and at first arlo was spouting the answers of like what should be done like like what she wanted to do to help and then once it got evident that he was going to go down the bad path then she started saying what logically first came to her mind and she's like oh oh no i also think these things what does this say about me mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a whole other thing we didn't get to talk about as villains as a use for a foil or a mirror for the heroes, but mm-hmm. maybe we'll oh. be able to throw that in the hero <laughs> episode. But I think we're at our time. Yeah. Um, people at home, tell us what you think about our villain picks. Tell us your favorite villains. Tell us your D&D villains. I'd love to hear homebrew villain stories and what oh, you've yeah. done with them. Absolutely. Anything else, people? I was going to say some kind of joke at the very end, but I can't remember what it was now. Pull the lever, Kronk! Kronk! <laughs> One of the greatest villains of all time. Yzma. Yzma. All right. And Roll the outro. Rocket? I don't know. <laughs> <Except for Rocket>. <laughs> <laughs>